Hello, and welcome to another episode of True Stories of Good People, a GoFundMe Heroes production. I am your host, Kelsey Little. In each episode of this podcast, we sit down with someone who's making a difference in other people's lives, or who's had their life changed because they asked for help and were met with the kindness of a community that was ready to answer the call. When Joseph Gutierrez moved to Nashville in 2017, he started to ask himself some honest questions about his new city. He wasn't sure what the city meant to him and vice versa. To explore these questions further, Joseph started to have conversations with other local folks from the Asian and Pacific Islander community and realized there was an existing lack of awareness and understanding about their cultures and identities. In response to the rising anti-AAPI hate crimes following the pandemic, Joseph and his community felt compelled to do something to help. And they believed the power of stories had the opportunity to make a big difference. Hello, True Stories of Good People listeners. I'm thrilled to be here today chatting with the wonderful Joseph Gutierrez. Joseph, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Joseph, I'd love to start out by having you share a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you live, what kinds of things you like to do for fun, just anything you want to share. Yeah, my name is Joseph Gutierrez. I'm Filipino-American. My pronouns are he, him. I'm the executive director of API Middle Tennessee, an Asian and Pacific Islander serving nonprofit organization working towards racial justice by building API community, lifting API voices, and unpacking API identities. That takes up a lot of my time, but in my free time, I like to bike around and try new food with my wife. And I have a cute little English bulldog whose name is Donut, and she's about to turn two. So, Donut? Oh my goodness. I must see a picture of Donut sometime very soon. Um, well, that's incredible. Yeah, so I was going to ask you next about API Middle Tennessee, because I think the work you're all doing is just incredible there. I'd love if you could share kind of the history of the organization and how you first got involved. Yeah, definitely. So... Coming from Los Angeles, I'm originally born in Los Angeles, and I moved to Nashville about eight years ago. And then so a few years back um, in 2017, my wife and I bought a house in Nashville. And part of that question, you know, was really thinking about, you know, how do we start planning routes? So I spent time just really reflecting and asking myself, you know, what is Nashville to me? But then also, what is what am I to this city? So, you know, maybe really think down and hone in on my Asian Pacific Islander identity and recognizing the lack of services and the lack of awareness here in the community. So I spent some time, like a whole summer, probably about six months, a summer and then some, just talking and listening to people. So I I got in touch with local Asian Pacific Islanders, and I was just interviewing them, having one-on-one conversations over dinner, like great food or trying out new restaurants, or at their own restaurants, and just really interviewing and seeing what the community needed. And then I got to a point where it's like, I should just put people in a room and then figure out what we can do and what, what we have energy for. I started, we started meeting regularly, and then we ended up deciding on forming a nonprofit organization. And it, it took us a really long time to kind of settle on our mission and what we wanted to do, because we recognize, you know, there's already a lot of Asian Pacific Islander groups that are doing their own work. Like, we're never going to, we're never going to replace the work of, like, the small Vietnamese association on the south side of town, or, like, the Filipino groups that's been meeting forever up on the north side of town. So there's a few different groups that, you know, we would never replace, but we wanted to serve as an umbrella organization for all of them and all their work and just kind of present like a united community. Thank you so much for sharing that background. I I didn't know that this actually spurred out of, you know, a personal journey for you to explore, um, yeah, what Nashville means to you and like how you see yourself reflected in and just like a organic community was kind of born out of conversations. I love that. That's really beautiful. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, place is just such an important relationship to think about when you're an Asian Pacific Islander, when you're a descendant of immigrants, just a, just a generation removed, right? Your, your connection and relationship to place and where you're from isn't inherited, right? Like the same kind of voices that would have told my parents they didn't belong in Los Angeles are the same voices that could tell me that I don't belong in Nashville. So, you know, creating and building relationship to a place in a space is, it needs to be very intentional. That's really powerful. Thank you so much. I love hearing that background and the community aspect of this story has grown even bigger. And so the initiative that we're here to talk about today is really the result of a, a big group effort between many community leaders like yourself in the Nashville area. So I would love if you could tell us all about the 2022 AAPI book drive and where the idea for that came from. Yeah, definitely. So we started working with the Greater Nashville Chinese Association on the vigil for the Atlanta spa shooting. So we started oh, wow. cultivating these connections way back um, in 2021 and really thinking about how we work and partner with different organizations. So earlier this year, they came to us saying that they wanted to do a book drive. They started doing a really small one last year in Williamson County Schools, so the city right next to Nashville. And then they wanted just to keep doing it and they wanted to bring in Nashville folks. So the president of the Greater Nashville Chinese Association reached out to me and saying that they had wanted to do a book drive and then that the Nashville Chinese School, another partner, was also in and they really wanted to highlight Asian American and Pacific Islander books and bring them to schools. And I thought it was just such a great idea. And then so we started meeting together and really thinking about, you know, how can we make this happen? What can we do? And so we ended up on the GoFundMe raising funds just so that the Nashville librarians could actually purchase books for their students. And then the second part of it was actually collecting physical books. I love that. Um, you know, it might seem self-explanatory, but like why books? What impact do you think that access to books about the AAPI experience and Asian cultures can have in a community like Nashville? Yeah, absolutely. I think the the marginalization of Asian and Pacific Islanders at heart is invisibility, right? So you kind of, people can get by really thinking about, you know, consuming Chinese food, but never really ask themselves about Chinese culture or Chinese people. So, you know, we really thought that, you know, art was one of the good ways for people to really, for students in schools to just, you know, for Asian and Pacific Islander students to see themselves, but then also their peers to really see that, see their peers as community members as well. So in some ways, it was a way of battling Asian American Pacific Islander hate and really kind of share narratives that kind of bridge the gap for students. And then, you know, just the idea of representation and that, you know, our students need to be able to see themselves as the main characters of their own stories. And so that they can see that in the books and stories and novels and illustrations. So it was really important to us just to have that. That's really beautiful. So you mentioned that there's there's two parts. You you have the GoFundMe, which I would love to ask you about next. But so people are actually donating physical books for this drive as well. Like, how did you organize that part? Yeah, so they were doing it through a few different ways. So the other partner in our group, the National Chinese School, since they meet every weekend, they've actually been collecting books throughout the past month. So people will come by and drop off books. So we have an approved book list from the school librarians to really think about, you know, what are the books that are appropriate and like grade level that are that they actually want in the schools. So we worked with the partners um, from the MNPS library to really figure out which books we kind of wanted. So they've been collecting the books. We've also had like a wish list online where people can purchase and mail books to us as well. So that's been that's been a lot. I didn't realize how many how much space books take, but they take up a lot of space. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine. Um, it's funny, you like have this idea for a book drive, you're like, great, like, however many hundreds of books, and then you see them, you're like, oh, my gosh. 
Um, so yeah, as you mentioned, GoFundMe is actually playing a big role in, in the book drive efforts. So I would, I would love to hear about like the, the thought process around starting a fundraiser to, to help bring this to life. Yeah. Since there's three partner organizations and all three of us are nonprofits, we were really thinking about, you know, how do we streamline the way people can make donations? And, you know, we each had maybe our own individual softwares that we're kind of use, using on our own individual basis. But we figured a GoFundMe account would make the most sense since people are familiar with their names. Because one of the things, you know, as new organizations that really have small communities that we're really serving that, you know, people might not actually know who we are as an organization. So GoFundMe was an easy way just to have people recognize what it was and make sure, you know, that, you know, we're legit in some ways. <laughs> and then, but it was, it was really easy just to drive people to one location and just like, here's where you make a donation and GoFundMe has played that role really well. Um, you know, so we play different roles in that the Greater Nashville Chinese Association kind of manages it and they had started it. And it makes it easy for us on an accounting end if one place and one organization just kind of does the accounting portal. And then I made the graphics. So then we oh. had all the graphics for our social media push. And then the Nashville Chinese School was also there and then they were collecting the physical books. So we just all played different roles in sort of this project. And it, GoFundMe was a nice way just to tie it all together. So I'm curious if you had any expectations when launching the GoFundMe. Like, do you remember if the team had any emotions at all, like nerves, excitement, like any any expectations at all? Yes. I remember when Christine presented the initial goal of $11,000. And I thought in my head, I was like, I don't know if we could make that work. But I just wasn't sure how much traction it would get. And really thinking about, you know, would people even really donate? Is this a cause that resonates with them? But, you know, we've had so much support. And that was really one of the interesting kind of things that, you know, people came out and made donations people I've never heard of just find out about it. And, you know, people were sharing it in different places and locations and we did different interviews for it. So I was actually really surprised and really happy that it gained so much traction, but yeah, That's I just remember initial $11,000. was like, Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I love that. She's a, uh, she pushed you guys to dream big and it worked out actually because the GoFundMe's raised over, over 11,000 from, I think it was exactly 101 donors, which I just found cool for some reason. Um, what was it like for you personally to see so much support come in for this cause that is so important to you personally and, and to your fellow community leaders? You know, I think part of it was just, you know, if the marginalization is being made invisible, that this project really did make us visible. And I think that was really important. You know, this is something that we, we had decided we wanted as a community and then we we're seen in that need. So people were coming to support. So I think, you know, that's, that's the most heartwarming piece to me is that, you know, people are visibly seeing our organizations doing the work and the needs of our community. I'm so thrilled for you all. And I'm just, yeah, it's just great to see the community come together like this. So how many books, I think you mentioned on the GoFundMe, but how many books will $11,000 be able to buy for local libraries and schools? Yes. Um, I think Christine probably had some of the more complex math around it, <laughs> but I actually think this will raise over 600 books for the schools. So this wow. will actually be a really interesting kind of piece to it. And we have a few kind of deals that we're working with maybe a publisher. So the, the libraries might actually be able to get more than that, but it would be enough to put at least three books in every, every school library. That is so awesome and impactful. And oh my gosh, that's amazing. You kind of touched on this, but what do you hope happens as the result of this book drive? Like what impact do you hope it will have for, for Nashville and for kids um, and for just the AAPI community as a whole? Yeah, 
So, you know, like there's that tangible benefit for, you know, Asian American Pacific Islander kids seeing themselves in the stories. But, you know, I think that diversity enriches everyone's culture and really thinking about, you know, you know, it's important that, you know, other students see our stories as well. And then really thinking about, you know, they're enriched by that. So, you know, I think a more diverse reading list for students is actually pretty big. Love that. Did you happen to receive any, I know um, sometimes donors can send messages or maybe the community just saw what you all are doing. Did you receive any messages of support from, from the community that kind of really stuck out to you? Yeah, it was really interesting since we're raising money for two school, school districts, Williamson County and Davidson County. So Nashville Davidson, it was actually pretty interesting to see all the parents show up and say which school, which school system they wanted support. Cause I thought that was like <laughs> a neat kind of interesting part of like, you know, you know, we're from here. See, see where we are. Um, we want to support our school district. So really thinking about that. Um, one of the one of the funnier kind of anecdotes with the with the donations is that one of the members had donated like a really odd amount at first, but it was so that the so it was so that the last digit of the donations would end in eight because that's apparently a very good luck number in Chinese culture. I've heard that before. That's so funny. So they wanted to bring the grand total up top to say eight at the end. Yes. I think they like donated like specifically like $88 or something like that. But it was just like a really funny donation. I love that. I, I've done that before on other GoFundMes actually. You like you wanted to hit exactly an amount. So you donate like some strange amounts. It's kind of fun. So was this the first book drive then? This was the first year? Yeah. So this is the first time it was taken to like the scale, especially in Nashville. So Williamson County did a smaller one last year. Um, with one of the Greater National Chinese Association board members. So this one's actually taking it with three different organizations and really pushing it forward in a new kind of way. And I think in the year's future, I think one of the things that we're going to be trying to accomplish in 2023 is expand to two more school districts. So we're really looking at Rutherford County and then so going both north and going south. So we're, we'll expand to four hopefully next year as well. That is amazing to hear. Do you have any other like blue sky ideas of things that you would want to do, you know, in, in this realm or bringing the community together. I'm curious to hear if you have any stuff you're excited about to do in the future. Yeah, API, API Middle Tennessee has a few different things that we're going to be doing in this next year. And it should be really interesting because, you know, there's this arts and culture piece and tied to that is also food. You know, we really recognize, you know, that, you know, Chinatowns across the country or these are like the main places where people are even even like consuming culture in some kind of ways. So we're really thinking about, you know, how do we bring in food into the equation? And that's what we're, our next campaign over the course of this month, we'll be really thinking about, you know, how do we get people to see Asian and Pacific Islanders as more than a menu? It's like move beyond the sort of food that they have in front of them to the people behind it. That's such a powerful tagline. I, more than a menu. I love that. That's not, I can't wait to follow along with that. I'm curious if you have like learned anything through this experience, you know, either from this book drive specifically or, or through your community leadership work at, with API Middle Tennessee. Um, yeah. Any, any lessons you've learned personally? Yeah. From my end, I think a lot of the stuff I learned was really around collaboration with the two other groups. And, you know, I think, you know, thinking back, you know, I was probably the one who's most hesitant around the fundraising goal but really thinking about, you know, maybe I've just been so indoctrinated to think that, you know, nobody cares. But, you know, when working with these three other groups, they pushed me even as an individual beyond like my own expectations and my own doubts. And I think that was really important. You know, there's, if we did it, I mean, we just asked for it and people came, came to support it. And then people care. 
<laughs> I know that it seems like such a weird lesson to learn, but you know, if your community has been made invisible, just knowing people recognize that you're there is so important. Absolutely. That's the thing I love the most about this story is the real community effort aspect. Um, just on the concept of community, it might seem like a strange question, but what does community mean to you? Oof. That's like a very tough question. Like I might have a master's degree in community development and I still don't know what community means to me. Um, but, you know, I think part of it, you know, it's a connected group and, you know, community, I think, you know, I think family is our most basic social unit, right? That idea that, you know, family is just like the one kind of universal kind of piece that connects people together. You know, not everybody has families, but like the idea of a family is universal to like animal and plant life. And I think, you know, community is kind of taking that to a larger scale. So I think, you know, community and family means both those same, those two things together. Joseph, I just wanted to thank you so much for your time today um, and for, for everything you're doing to support your community. I just think what you all accomplished is incredible and it's just going to have such a huge impact um, in Nashville and, and beyond, I'm sure. Kind of as a closing thought, if our listeners are going to take away one thing from our conversation today, what would you hope that is? I'd ask people to really think about the Asian and Pacific Islander community and the people. I think it's really easy to just consume culture that way. Like you can watch Shang-Chi or you can eat Chinese and Thai food and not really think about the people. So really take a second to think beyond, you know, as you consume culture, just who who's behind this? Whose history? Whose culture? What do I need to learn about more? Thank you so much to the amazing Joseph for being on our podcast today. If you'd like to support this amazing book drive effort, please visit gofundme.com slash heroes. And thank you so much for listening to True Stories of Good People. If you're inspired by today's story, please help us out by heading over to the Apple Podcast Store and leaving us a rating or review, and be sure to subscribe to the show. And if anyone you know loves inspiring stories, please share our podcast with them. It means the world to us. For more inspiring stories just like the one you heard today, please visit the GoFundMe Heroes hub at gofundme.com slash heroes and be sure to subscribe to our mailing list so you can get heartwarming stories delivered straight to your inbox. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GoFundMe. Also, we love to hear from listeners, so if you have any feedback, suggestions, or questions, you can write to us at podcast at gofundme.com. Special thanks to Nick Patry, who recorded and edited this podcast episode. He is the best in the biz. We'll be back next time with more true stories of good people. Talk to you then.